Welcome to the Evolution Exchange. Uh, the Evolution Exchange is a platform for thought leaders within tech, fintech, and the larger technology ecosystem to share ideas on current topics of relevance to our community of technology and business followers and leaders within the technology space. Today, we're going to talk about a particularly poignant topic at the moment leadership in a downturn. And I'm delighted to introduce Matt Hardman and Sid Ravachandran. Um, and I'm delighted to be joined by both of you today. So Matt is currently the CTO, Chief Technology Officer for Global Partner Solutions, APAC for Microsoft, ex-leader at Hitachi and VMware, and extensive experience in organizational expansion and leadership within tech. Sid is Deputy CTO at BigPay, uh, fintech entrepreneur and data enthusiast, ex-leader at DBS and Goldman Sachs for six years with extensive experience leading in financial services and fintech. So delighted to be joined by both. Um, if we start with a couple of kind of informal introductions, um, Matt, if you want to kick off a um, quick introduction on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to actually be here. So uh, as you say, my name's Matt. I've been living here in Singapore for around about 22 years. I originally came from Australia, um, but uh, but moved up here with, uh, with Microsoft and then had the uh, pleasure of being able to work in many different high-tech companies working across the Asia-Pacific region. Um, so where I find myself today is, is really focused, as you sort of say, working with partners and, and helping to provide a team of, of very, very deep technical specialists who can actually help advise and guide partners in terms of how they can actually light up their ideas on Microsoft technology. So we might work with services partners, the big ones like your KPMGs, Accentures, IBM, uh, Kindrels, things like that, all the way to ISVs and startups, you know, really focusing on what they can actually do with next-gen technology. So I'm in a very, very privileged opportunity. I've got people all across the, uh, the region, so Sri Lanka, Malaysia, Thailand, Philippines, uh, you know, very diverse uh, team. Uh, gives me a lot of uh, really interesting challenges and a really lot of great opportunities as well. Fantastic. Thanks, Matt. Uh, Sid? Thanks so much for having me. It's a real pleasure also to be with Matt here today. Uh, yeah, my name is Sid. I've had about 15 years experience in the intersection of technology and finance. Uh, I've been in Singapore for a decade, just a decade last month. So it's been very sp uh, special to me. I worked five years in New York before like, with Goldman Sachs and a very, variety of excellent you know, companies here, including Standard Chartered, DBS, and so on. And where I am now is um, having a very privileged opportunity to be like leading technology in a very fast growing and high tech startup uh, in the financial space. Space and uh, big pay is very much on like democratizing like financial literacy, accessibility, well-being, inclusion. So being able to directly access customers who don't have uh, access to the traditional banking facilities, and uh, it's been very exciting, especially from uh, being able to create tremendous impact in technology and finance in such a short period of time, and also being able to work on some very interesting tech stacks, which I find very difficult to adopt, you know, in large companies. So that's been very exciting, and we have amazing people. So across ASEAN, Malaysia, Singapore. Singapore, Thailand, and we continue to expand. It's been great. Fantastic. Thanks, Sid. Um, so I guess just to give some context to the, you know, the reason why we've selected this this topic today. So I think more so than ever, we've been approached by our 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 clients and particularly senior leaders within our clients. So I think perhaps have expressed 
um, emotions, anything from kind of loneliness through to confusion about how to approach um, the significant change in dynamic in the current market. Um, and I think, you know, what we've seen at the beginning of 2022 was, you know, aggressive hiring um, candidates moving within technology roles um, for significant salary increases, the demand for skilled technology talent, particularly here in Singapore, but, you know, that's a, something we've seen globally, um, exceeding supply significantly um, and what was keeping leaders awake at the beginning of the year was you know retaining people within their technology teams um, you know worrying uh, how they were going to hire um, at the pace that was required to keep up with the market and over the last three months perhaps um, we've seen quite a you know, a fundamental shift um, in in market sentiment. Um, some fairly well publicised layoffs within some of the largest technology firms globally, um, but also uh, a lot of our clients within the fintech and the startup ecosystem, um, both in Singapore and globally, have unfortunately had to had to announce some shrinkage of of personnel and um, some some cuts in um, in in staff. Um, and I think. No, whereas what what leaders were worried about at the beginning of the year in terms of retention and hiring is perhaps pivoted to know how do how do you maintain and, and focus the teams that you currently have and the current incumbents within um, existing teams and organisations and you know that's that's the purpose for selecting this topic and we've actually been approached by a lot of our um, our followers and our community and and our clients about you know discussing this topic um, so. We'll jump straight into the questions. Um, I guess the first question, um, how have the priorities of leaders shifted since the beginning of 2022 um, to now the end of 2022, given, given the prevailing market conditions? Um, so, yeah, Sid, do you want to kick off with that one? Sure. Uh, so, for Big Pay and many other fintechs, 2021 was a very strong year. Like very good funding coming in. We were growing in very high growth pace and that mostly percolated into the first half of 2022. So we were continuing to focus on growth, product market fit, talent attraction as well. But the challenge for like a very small company compared to giants like Microsoft is how to compete and actually obtain good tech talent, right? And especially the locations we're looking for are like having exactly what you said, a lot less supply than there is demand. And uh, even though we are quite well geographically distributed, even in Malaysia and Thailand, for example, I think there was always a challenge for us to, you know, uh, being able to get a seat at the table and make our case for potential candidates. But once they got in and we were able to get an interview with them, they really liked our like goal, right? Because it's about financial inclusion. It's about tech use, using tech as a real disruptor. So we use like very different tech stacks from very many other fintech companies. So we use Rust, for example, which is like only now coming up in many large companies, but we are building our entire like fundamental core infrastructure in Rust, which has a lot of, you know, like technology advantages, security, stability, scalability, all of that. And that was a big passion for candidates to come and join us. So yes, they, we have to meet or match what they get in terms of other offers from other companies. But the fact that we they were able to actually improve their own you know, like CVs or resumes for the long term for their personal growth by learning such great 
technologies i think was a great great pulling factor for us but it was not easy you know like early 2022 was always a challenge but what's happened is like macro wise private markets started feeling the effects of monetary tightening quite fast right they saw that like we saw vcs pulling out like and like pausing and there was a lot of focus on profitability and but on the candidate market that doesn't trickle through on day one right so when priorities change and you want to focus on build and higher like return on investment in terms of the uh, efforts you made in hiring great people that is not necessarily reflected in the candidate market so that was a challenge at least like the past uh, i would say maybe june to october where there was a mismatch especially in asia where like candidates strong candidates were still getting like tremendously good offers like there was a lag in terms of private companies and we started feeling a bit more challenging but where we were able to you know like focus our priorities was get people who are really bought by our vision and our focus and our values and most importantly keep them where we are planning to expand our markets because ultimately we are we want to have technology as a commercial enabler you know so i think those were the things so it's been i guess more focus on how do we continue to stay focused and be able to add value and uh, less on like you know indiscriminate hiring we've always been very prudent in that aspect i would say okay. thanks Fantastic. Thanks, Sid. And, uh, and Matt, how have the priorities of leaders um, shifted this year from, from your perspective? Yeah, look, I mean, Sid said some incredible things that, that, that even we like, you know, we're still like one of the big companies, right? And, and it, it certainly doesn't get any easier to try and actually hire great talent either. And, and I certainly empathize with the situation he's in. Like it, it is, it kind of feels like it has been this war on, on, uh, on talent. You know, you look back at, say, January, um, probably even before then, right? There, people talked about the great resignation. I'd heard somebody say the great reshuffle, which I think is a much better sort of terminology because it was people who were trying to assess what they wanted to go ahead and actually do. And it's funny because recently I've been spending some time talking to a lot of our partners about hybrid work, right? Which is kind of the outcome of where 2022 has actually been coming from, right? In 2021, we were still predominantly in lockdown. And even at the beginning of 2022, most organizations were going into this sort of stage five where it was kind of restricted, but you could start coming back in. And we were talking a lot about, okay, well, what do people look for in work and their work experience and all those different things? And it resonates very much to, to kind of what Sid's actually talking about, what we're seeing where we have people who are thinking about this prioritization of what I want to go ahead and actually do. Like there is the the big uh, organization I want to work for, or there's an organization over here, but what will that organization do for me, right? And so one of the things we had is this work trend index, which we produce. And, and they were saying from that results in Singapore, 52% of the respondents actually called out that they have this very big focus on prioritizing health and well-being over anything else. I think if you look back maybe a year or so ago, maybe two years ago, especially in Singapore, People are very much work, 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 work. I mean, everywhere is kind of like that, but you kind of get that in Singapore a lot. Um, but since that whole COVID thing, since the situation where people were sort of reevaluating what they wanted to do, this concept of rebalance has been very, very key. Um, but as we've sort of gone through, you've got the same challenge where you've got people who want to have that hybrid life work style. Um, people want to come back to the office. You've got managers and leaders who are in between who are saying, okay, well, the business wants us to come back to the office in full full force. People don't want to necessarily come back. How do I start to manage that? And so when you sort of think about what the priorities are that are actually shifting, um, one of the biggest ones that I sort of see is probably a bit more of a challenge than a priority, but it is a priority to try and create equity 
in a hybrid uh, work life experience, right? So you've got people working from home, you've got people working remotely in different countries, you've got people who are coming to the office. How do you create that that community of equity where people can actually feel a part of a team? And that's that's been a, a big priority for me in terms of creating that right sort of culture. Um, the other things that, uh, that we've been trying to go ahead and actually do is also to help people connect better to the impact that they're actually going ahead and driving. Because I kind of feel like if people feel disconnected, like sometimes in the past, you sort of come to work and you kind of do it, you kind of get this sense that, yeah, yeah, we're contributing. But now people want that very clear. They really, really want to be able to see that. And so that's a big effort as a manager is going through and helping them to connect to that level of visibility. The last thing I'd sort of say is that that's been a big priority is also the the whole idea where you're balancing the the employees around their own career development and growth while at the same time building your talent pipeline for the future. Because to the point where you're like trying to get people into the organization, you also don't want to create a, a legacy of people being left behind, right? So in the pursuit of going, oh, that's a great talent, that's a great talent, I want to get them in, what happens to the people that you're sort of building? Like sometimes that creates unnecessary tension in the organization. Maybe healthy tension, but sometimes tension all the same. And so focusing on the development of people has become absolutely critical. So, so those have been the big shifts I've been sort of seeing, you know, really about equity in presence, equity in, in uh, hiring and building pipelines and, and really connecting people to the impact they drive. That's really interesting. Um... I think one of one of the things that we've seen, um, and it's probably a topic for a different podcast, is how to manage a globally distributed team um, during a time like this. But I think that that leads us nicely into the next question. And I think you know, obviously, there's been some well-publicised um, layoffs in in big tech, but also you know, perhaps less well-publicised in in startups and scale-ups, and that have you know historically hired fairly aggressively, certainly over the last 12 to 18 months. So I think even if you're individually not impacted um, by um, by layoffs, um, when that impacts colleagues or, um, you know, ex-colleagues or, or friends or peers in other organizations, um, it can certainly impact, you know, it can impact leaders, but it can certainly um, impact um, teams. Um, so I guess the second question is, how do you how do you motivate teams in the face of layoffs or, or negative rhetoric um, or market sentiment? Um, Sid, do you want to take that one? Sure. And I just want to touch upon a lot of excellent points Matt had highlighted, which aligns very much into motivating, you know, teams. And this goes in any period, but especially more important in terms of negative market sentiment, right? And one thing you mentioned about equity, right, in terms of like being able to treat folks who are remote and who are in office the same way. And we try to do that very extensively. We are also highly distributed and uh, we have uh, we don't have necessarily a very Western culture in the sense, right? So where people are used to working in a distributed fashion, like in, in many of our offices, people used to go to office every day and COVID basically usurped their lives and they're trying to adjust to the new normal. As part of that, very something we try to very actively do is transparency, being very very transparent, like we use Slack a lot and I've basically made every channel public. I've said like, unless it's something extremely confidential or personal, 
there is no reason like others should not know right and that has tremendously transformed uh, how people feel in terms of getting access to information and being able to you know alert learn a lot on the fly you know and looking at how their peers are doing and the other thing is also like what i always try to tell my team when i say is constraints are good for innovation constraints are always good when you have unlimited anything you always squander it away only when you have limited resources do you try to make the best of it and we try to always look at uh, both in terms of technology and in terms of the micro environment constraints is the best time to build you know gives you focus it tells it tells you where you need to put your best foot forward and that's been very very exciting for the team we've just got some new projects with uh, i've seen visibly people very excited now they were like forget the micro economy i'm super excited to be doing these projects you know so that's like really great and the other thing is also like again touching on what matt mentioned career growth it's really important to set expectations in a very open and open and like a very consensual way you know it shouldn't be like one directional and that's very important this is the chance to actually mold somebody's career and being in a small organization like most people's careers are charted by themselves you know like there's less of a structure in terms of you can only go vertical or you can only do horizontal you can create new roles for yourself if you're basically able to show promise and uh, that's actually uh, done through like i have regular one to ones with my uh, with my terex and i have a lot of forums with my uh, you know like all my reports and we have like a very open discussion forum where you know it becomes very casual like this podcast you know we have like back and forth banter and it's like very interesting and ultimately i ask every single person who joins our uh, big pay is why what motivated you right and it's it's nothing to do with the market sentiment it's about like our ideals it's about the technology it's about working with great people it's about actually having the empowerment to make decisions without actually having like an approval hierarchy for every single thing you know like those are the advantages we have as a smaller firm so uh, uh, like the way i see it i always say like i mean a glass can be half full or half empty that means it can be a challenge it can also be an opportunity you know like like matt said i so uh, i think uh, the team is responding very well and uh, i'm really excited you know like if we do well in a negative market environment imagine what we could do in a good market environment that's what i say like we have more promise coming forward thanks yeah absolutely um matt motivating teams in face of kind of negative market sentiment yeah um and I don't know if you can hear the rain and the thunder hammering down here in Singapore right now. So hopefully it's clear enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, motivating teams, it's, its you know, it's one of those those things where you just have to keep doing it. Like sometimes it can be, I'll be honest, like as a human being, sometimes it can be exhausting, right? You're just you're like, you're forever thinking about how am I creating a great experience for the team? How am I creating a great experience for the individual? How am I sort of, you know, making sure we go and deliver the, the right to the outcomes of the organization's expecting of us. Um, and it's super tough. Like, there's no, I will tell you right now, there's no simple, super answer to it, right? It just requires massive amounts of energy, um, kind of conviction in, in what you're doing, a lot of feedback and listening to people. Like, you know, like Sipsa talked about it, open dialogue and very candid sort of engagements. Those things are, are, are really, really critical. A couple of things that, um, that I, I do try and, and focus on um and again not not necessarily rocket science but things you have to keep coming back to right creation of clarity and simplicity in terms of what people go ahead and actually do right because you know you can never have enough people like what Sitsu has said right constraints bring out the best of us right um but constraints also just mean you are constrained like you're, you're being pushed through lots and lots of different things and at some point people kind of do one of two things they either ask for help 
and recognise that there's a challenge or they don't and they start to react in different ways. They might bottle up, they might become aggressive. And so you need to be consciously aware of that. So having conversations with people all the time, where you sort of say, look, do you feel you have clarity in your role? Like, what is it, the, the top three things that you would actually go ahead and say to a senior leader in the elevator if they ask you what you were doing? Like, do you feel clear about what those things actually are? Um, how do you kind of measure success? Those sorts of things, right? And it's not complicated things. It's just a couple of key things, right? What, what brings sense to what you do? Um, the other one is then having that, and we kind of talked about before, that connection to organizational objectives. What I do matters. Like that's that thing I think helps drive people forward. The third one is making sure we create those abilities to, to connect to each other. Right? So we're motivating a team, you've got to be able to bring them along the journey, right? So it's not just motivating individuals, it's motivating the team as well and sort of creating those moments where people are making those connections. And it might be as simple as having a buddy um, or creating smaller work groups where people can go ahead and tackle big ideas. Like that connection to each other, I think is really important. The other one, which usually I work in three, but I'm gonna throw in a fourth. Um, the other one is also, I think, in terms of motivating individuals in the team is sometimes ensuring that they really truly understand the, the rewards and the promotion policies of the organization, right? Because, you know, Sid will, will sort of get this one. You sort of see people looking at the grass greener on the other side and we have the same sort of thing. And, and sometimes I think it's because our people don't necessarily understand the policy as it relates to bonuses and promotions and things like that. And so I spend a lot of time coaching people on how that process works and what some of the, the frameworks they can implement and the way they execute that gives them that advantage um, in terms of getting the visibility for these sorts of rewards. And, and how does a promotion work? Like, is a promotion basically based on you doing a really, really good job or how does the business need actually impact that? So helping them understand that gets them closer connected to why things actually happen the way they do. And once people have clarity, they feel more motivated because they understand what's actually going on. Yeah. I think absolutely. I, I, part of the reason why I really enjoy doing these podcasts, particularly on this topic, is it kind of gives me tips for how to, to run our business. And I think, Sid, you refer to your, your business as a small business in comparison to Microsoft. And certainly our business in Singapore is small in comparison um, to, to big pay. And um, no, it's, it's fascinating to get different insights. And I think these principles are applicable across, you know, a business of, you know, one man and his dog or a business of, um, you know, at the size of Microsoft. So, um, no, really appreciate those two, um, those two final points. Third question, and I think um, this question is a question that quite a lot of our, our community find really interesting. Um, what's something you've got right in 2022 um, and what's something that you've got wrong? Um, I guess if we reverse the order, start with Matt for this one. Um, go ahead, Matt. I'm getting sprung on the bad stuff first. <laughs> so, so I think I think in terms of what what we kind of got right, and it, again, it's a never-ending sort of uh, uh, process of diligence is is culture, um, and you know there is a there's a company culture or a company-wide culture which you want to actually adopt. And Microsoft is a very uh, strong organisation that that talks about culture and really enacts it in its processes and. You know, how we, we sort of train people internally, the education we give to managers, like culture is very, very important to us. The way we care for each other is very, very important. In fact, I will tell you, this is my second time at Microsoft, right? 
when I first worked at Microsoft, it wasn't necessarily a bad company, but it just didn't have the, 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 the depth of focus on care that it actually has today. So culture is really important. But even when you go from the company to the actual organizational level and down to the team level, there's different representations of culture, there's different identity. And I feel that the way that we've gone ahead and actually hired, and we've really focused on a, a hiring approach for diversity, be it um, culture, location, uh, gender diversity, a whole range of different things, that has brought an incredible sense of culture for our organization across the ASEAN region. We truly feel like we're representing what's actually going on. So I feel like we've got that right. We're going to keep working to build that. Um, in terms of where did I probably go wrong or where can I see myself uh, improving, right? If I think about it from a growth mindset point of view, I think there's, a, there's an opportunity to try and actually spend a little bit more time with some of the other leaders across our organization and also highlight some of the work that our team actually does because it's not that we actually operate in silos, but especially when you work in a partner organization, you know, you have a customer, you have a sales team, and then you have a partner and there's people working behind the partner. Our partner team tends to be the back, you know, support, which is actually helping them with the ideas and the architecture, things like that. And I think I could do a better job in terms of connecting what our team actually does with different people across the organization. Like you say, Microsoft's a big organization. There's a lot of people and a lot of organizational units. Uh, my learning is that I could probably spend a little bit more time helping other people see the visibility and the impact that we drive as an organization to provide value. Absolutely. Um, Sid, something you got right and something that you got wrong in 2022. Sure. Uh, what we got right is very similar to Matt, but I would put a slight twist on it. Uh, culture, definitely. Definitely, I agree on that. The difference is big pace culture is evolving because we literally doubled our headcount from 100 to 200 people like over a year. So every single person we get to join big pay becomes a de facto culture ambassador themselves. So which means we need alignment of values. We need like basically the ability to understand why we are in this business in the first place, understand the impact that technology can have and have a very commercial mindset. And that was like not easy at all, right? I basically, we were like fighting against the like the uh, Goliaths uh, in the industry and it was a very difficult time to get talent. But I think what resonated is when candidates actually had a chance to speak to our engineers, to speak to the leadership, they could see that this was a genuine set of people, you know, like we were not trying to like basically sell a dream. Like we're obviously selling a dream, but it's not like um, basically something that cannot be realized. It was very realistic. It was basically we were having a path to achieve that. And and uh, folks who have joined us are now are basically snowballing this into attracting more amazing candidates for us. So that's like been a tremendous success for us. Um, and uh, what we got wrong, and probably I would probably put most of the blame on myself, is we hired a lot, right? Like comparative to our size. And where I see the gaps is in like good engineering management skills, which requires like, which not many people understand. Like, I mean, Matt, I'm sure like understands that he's been through that. But a lot of, there's a big dichotomy between an engineer saying, oh, I don't want to stop coding and start having performance chats. I don't want to have one-to-one -one chats. I don't want to talk to people. Like there are like a lot of very good engineers who say, just allow me the focus and give me the task and I will get it done the best way. Don't make me interact with people, right? So we got some amazing talent like that. But what happens is 
you need engineering managers to be able to scale an organization in a sustainable fashion and keep like the strong contributors to continue to stay strong you know uh, so what happened is like basically we had some amazing engineers not all of them obviously like wanted to be engineering managers but probably much fewer of them wanted to be like so i am basically taking a lot of the load and like would definitely empathize with the exhausting statement that match said and it is quite a bit there are people who are now trying to understand it but that i think is something i mean i could have done better i think in terms of basically pitching that uh, it's not necessarily something that you need to be afraid of or it's not any less value as an engineer if you don't code and spend time with others so that's something that's uh, really important for for us to you know like have optionality uh, around like where the trajectory takes us from a macro perspective if you want to scale again and double again next year we cannot do this model we have to change the model and tweak it such that we have sufficient layers of people who can you know delegate and take on the load fantastic um really appreciate the kind of transparency and and um authenticity of of those answers um i guess the final question and kind of the question we leave to the end because it's uh, i think the question that people are most interested in um as all of us would um want somebody with a crystal ball to look to the future um what do you see as your biggest challenge as a leader in 2023 um so i think you know really interested to hear your opinion on on next year and what we've got to come and what the biggest challenges are in leadership moving into to the next 12 months uh, matt do you want to kick off with that one yeah thank you um look i mean i, I don't think it's going to be anything that's sort of radically different i think it's more going to be continuing to build that muscle like there's something that that sid said which i just thought was incredible right it's that that idea that that your team is not just people who kind of work or you will work towards an organizational goal they are cultural ambassadors for what you're trying to go ahead and actually build and and you know if there's anything that I sort of really take away from our conversation today you know Sid you inspired me to sort of rethink my my whole my whole thought process like we talk about culture but to be able to achieve cultural ambassador status for our team I think would be that next great goal and so that's something that that I really want to go ahead and actually do but if I I guess if I summarize it down to the two things that I want to try and actually do in it's a movement 2023 um you know let me say three things one we really want to focus on impact like I think you know impact sounds like doing work but when you really understand impact and and the people who are doing it actually understand their impact they feel like they go home going when I really kicked it out the park today I really did a good job and so being able to help champion their viewpoints on impact and help them be seen be seen doing that impact that's a a, a big effort um and that leads me into the uh, the second bit it's it's being able to create these moments of delight which sounds really bizarre like a consumer type thing but you know people are choosing to spend 8 9 10 12 14 hours sometimes at work and if that's all it actually is and you don't you know, you're not able to create those moments of delight for people then it kind of feels like it's a bit of a it just feels like work you know and that's not really what you want people to do and in the last one which i think absolutely has to be a continued focus we talked about at the beginning i'll probably close out on it as well is continuing to maintain an equity for people regardless of where they work regardless of what they're going through um equity so they can be a part of the team is is super important thing. fantastic um sid um biggest challenge for for leaders in 2023 um i think it's the ability to pivot based on 
where the direction of the market goes, right? So, I mean, I think uh, there's been a lot of talk about a massive recession. There's been talk about the soft landing, everything is fine. But you, as you said, there's no crystal ball to predict this, right? And it's really important to be nimble. And, and sometimes, yes, you have to be acting reactionarily, but uh, it's important how quickly one can act, right? So that means basically, like, I mean, a lot of what Matt said, I think, like, I agree with, right? Basically being able to, uh, you know, focus on uh, building that equity. And uh, for us, it's about, like, the long-term view. And uh, we continue to build and we need to keep, like, motivation high and consistently continue to do what we're doing already. The, the problem, like, the problem I see is there could be a lot of distraction and, like, head fakes in terms of how, you know, macro moves. And we really got to not be too much worried about the noise and focus on the information and to be information is basically value preservation and creation and less about things we cannot control you know so there's only so much we can control and we focus on those we can control at least we can make an impact and exactly what Matt said is being able to measure impact I think is going to be like very challenging in 2023 because you're going to have like too many variables going on and depending on how you spin the story you could always say it's great but you know, like for a fact, how it actually helps the business for us, especially a fast growing business, we need to keep the momentum on and you cannot have a carriage in a train that goes at a different pace from the rest of the train. Right. So that's how I would say we need to be part of the train, but we would like to be the engine, right, where we pull the entire train forward instead of being a carriage in the middle, which ends up like bank against both sides. So that's how I visualize. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I think really really valuable insights um particularly um you know summarized well i think by both you in the final final question there and i think one of the one of the biggest challenges for leaders and one of the things that we get feedback on all the time from from our candidates and you know occasionally it's reasons why people are looking to leave their current businesses and also reasons why they're looking to stay um is the leader and i think the you know when you when you're faced with negative market sentiment when when you're faced with difficult decisions to make as a leader or if, or if you you're impacted by those difficult decisions. It's it's really important. You both alluded to this in the final answer to the final question was um, you know, responding, not reacting. So think about think about the information. Think about the um, the the decision that's been made internally, which either you have to make as a leader or you you've been impacted by, and respond in a way that continues to create value. Um, and, you know, continues to um, enable you to interact in the right way with colleagues, peers um, and, you know, leaders within the organization and try not to react emotionally or have a reactionary approach to negative market sentiment, not pay attention to things that you can't control that are going out there in the market with other companies, but focusing on specifically how you respond to challenges in front of you and, and focusing on thinking about how to respond in the most appropriate way. Um, so really appreciate um, the honesty and the transparency of, of those answers and some really valuable insights there. Um, is there anything that anyone want to add in conclusion um, to what we've talked about today? I, I guess if, if anything, I'd just sort of say, look, you know, if, if for anyone who's a manager out there or a leader of people, uh, I completely empathize in the situation you're in. It's a tough gig right now, right? But uh, I mean, cherish the people you get to work with. They are incredible. And every single person in your team is worth investing energy into because, you know, without our people, we wouldn't be where we are today. And, and you know, they are the reason 
why I'm sure that I go to work every day. I'm sure Sid's probably going to say the same thing. Like, we get so much energy from our people, and it's a real honor to actually be able to work with them. Completely agree Absolutely. with Matt. Yeah, completely agree. And I think that's been the motivation for me ever since, like, I joined Big Pay and even before, right? To be able to interact with people who are always smarter than me. And there's no death of that, which is amazing. <laughs> and yeah, I agree. I think for me, it's like this too shall pass. Right. This too shall pass and we'll be, and what doesn't break you makes you stronger, right? I mean, it's kind of cliche, but it's very true in this context, I feel. So it's really be important to stay resilient and, you know, find support uh, amongst each other, you know, in getting through this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's been brilliant speaking to you today. Um, really insightful. Um, really appreciate all your thoughts and, and insights into what is an incredibly important and poignant topic um, at the moment, leadership in a downturn. Um, Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Um, Sid, um, again, really valuable insights. Thank you. Um, and I've really enjoyed speaking today. This is the Evolution Exchange. And thanks again to Matt. Thanks again for Sid.